and welcome back to Endopod. My name is Hepsi Xavier and I'm a third year medical student. This is the second part of our endocrinology of aging series. We're doing a four part series on how different glands and hormones change in our body as we age and what implications this has. In this episode, we'll be discussing how the pancreas changes as we age. An endocrine gland secretes substances such as hormones into the bloodstream while an exocrine gland has ducts and can secrete substances such as sweat or saliva onto a surface. The pancreas is considered both an endocrine and an exocrine gland. Interestingly, although it plays a huge role in the regulation of normal blood glucose levels, which could significantly affect our health if there are irregular levels of sugars in our blood, only 1% of the pancreas acts as an endocrine organ, releasing hormones. The remaining 99% of the pancreas acts as an exocrine organ and takes part in the digestive system by releasing digestive enzymes. Action before, the pancreas acts as an endocrine organ, releasing three major hormones, glucagon, insulin and somatostatin from alpha, beta and gamma cells respectively. All of these three hormones are produced by cells called the islets of Langerhans, which are found inside the pancreas, when added together make up about 1-2 to two million cells, each with an extensive blood supply. Two out of three hormones mentioned are involved in the regulation of normal sugar or blood glucose levels. These hormones are insulin and glucagon, and the balance between them is what brings about the control of blood sugar levels. How? Insulin is a hormone that released that is released to act on insulin-sensitive cells. In other words, it helps lower blood glucose. Glucagon is a hormone that will increase blood glucose. So how does each of the hormones allow changes in blood glucose levels to occur? Once insulin is produced, it binds to receptors on cells, and many reactions occur within these cells, which ultimately lead to the uptake of glucose. In muscles and fat tissue, When insulin is released, transporters are stimulated within the cells to move to the outside of the cell where it kind of grabs onto the glucose from the blood and takes it into the cell. And once levels of insulin decrease when blood sugars are back to normal, these transporters go back into the cell and the cycle repeats. On the other hand, glucagon acts to increase blood glucose levels by stimulating breakdown. It's considered to be a glucose mobilizing hormone, so what this means is it will break down stores of glucose within the body to increase blood glucose levels. One example of how this does uh, it does this is by breaking down something called glycogen, which is a form of glucose that is stored in the liver. genetics, obesity and ageing are considered significant factors in increasing the risk of developing type 2 diabetes. In today's podcast, we'll focus on why ageing is considered one of the main risk factors for this. In type 2 diabetes, there is an uncontrolled increase in blood sugar levels because of resistance to insulin or decreased insulin production. As a person ages, their cells become less sensitive to insulin production which is most likely caused from a reduction in the number of insulin receptors on the surface of cells. So what this means is a a significantly more level of insulin is required to produce the same effects as normal insulin levels in a normal, healthy individual. Aging insulin-producing beta cells also become less sensitive to changes in the blood glucose levels, which means that for the same amount of insulin to be produced in an older person compared to a younger person, the levels of glucose must be much higher. 
In addition, in aging cells, they become less responsive to insulin, therefore the pancreas will perceive this as not enough insulin being present in the blood, which leads to the pancreas producing and churning out more insulin and therefore increasing the level of blood insulin above normal, and this is what we call hyperinsulinemia, meaning too much insulin in the blood. Aging also influences the number of beta cells due to an increased rate of cell death and more exhaustion, leading to a lower level of insulin production and secretion. To be more specific, it is said that insulin secretion reduces by 0.5% per year of life. Lower insulin levels circulating in the blood could also be linked to a higher rate of insulin clearance by the liver, so less promotion of glucose uptake, which is normally stimulated by insulin and eventually leading to too much sugar in the blood. An interesting finding from a study that was conducted showed that when fasting blood sugar levels um, were measured, they rised by around 0.15 millimoles per litre for each decade of life after the age of 20. This is seen in many adults without any other symptoms of diabetes, so it raises the question of whether this is happening due to age alone or this is part of early development of diabetes. As all organs in our body, the pancreas serves an extremely important role in allowing our bodies to function properly by regulating the levels of blood glucose through release of glucagon and insulin. Insulin lowers blood glucose levels and is released to stimulate when blood glucose levels rise. Glucagon is responsible for raising the blood glucose levels and is released when blood glucose levels are below the normal. Maintenance of homeostatic blood glucose levels, which vary between 4.2 to 6.3 millimoles per litre, is an example of negative feedback. As we age, homeostatic levels change due to loss of normal function of cells responsible for the release of insulin and glucose in their metabolism, and this dyshomeostasis is the reason for frailty seen in ageing populations. It leads to severe, uh, several dysfunctions of cells, including loss of insulin-producing beta cells, increased apoptosis of beta cells, and decreased uptake of glucose by liver cells. All of these factors cause an abnormal increase in the blood glucose levels, which in turn makes aging one of the main risk factors that can lead to the development of type 2 diabetes. Thank you for listening to this episode and make sure to give us a follow and share our podcasts. Follow us on our social media to keep up to date with everything we do. As always, we're very grateful for the support we're receiving and make sure to tune in next Sunday for the next part of our Endocrinology of Aging series. Before I go, I want to say a big thank you to Teresa Taku, our second year rep who was involved in the making of this episode. Stay safe and happy. This is Hepsi Xavier signing off. Disclaimer, Aberdeen University Endocrinology Society is a student-led organisation and the content provided through Endopod is solely for informative purposes. This does not replace the advice of a doctor or any other healthcare professional. The medical students involved in the making of this episode are in the second and third year all through medical studies. All the information provided was researched on appropriate resources and to see them please check the episode description. Thank you.